0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Rand Show on AM 770 KTTH and 94.5 FM for our friends at the Greater East Side. It is now officially official. A bad idea to tackle homelessness is being replaced by a bad idea to revitalize a neighborhood.
1: And that is what's trending. What's trending? The homelessness crisis. I
0: don't want to spend too much time on the story, but I do find it mildly amusing because you have folks upset about a decision to move forward with a facility that's not really going to be used, but they think it's going to be at the expense of homeless. They think that they're going to be able to, if they were to stop this facility from being built, they could actually help the homeless. What are we talking about here? We're talking about a homeless RV parking lot that is now going to become a 20 to 22-court pickleball complex. I don't understand the whole fascination with pickleball, but it's nothing more than pogs. Pogs were something that kids were interested in for about a year and a half, maybe. Everyone was collecting them, and then it just went away. The What is it, the Tamaguchi or Yamaguchi, that stupid little thingy-majiggy? That thing was really big for about, seven months or so and then everyone ended up killing their little dinosaur or whatever and then they moved on because it was really depressing this is that version for adults it's pickleball it is a uh, it's as if you were miniaturized and put on a ping pong table with a partner it is tennis for people who
2: aren't healthy enough to run on an actual tennis field supposedly tennis field uh supposedly easy on your joints pickleball is yeah, That's which why old means people play
0: it's not a sport
2: because you don't have to like run necessarily yeah.
0: it's it's you know it is you stand in place and you swing uh are there some people who are very good at it sure I've seen some you know viral videos of those games on Instagram but those are the exceptions, not the rule. But this idea that if you put in a pickleball location or, or complex facility in an area, you're going to revitalize it and it's going to bring a whole bunch of people there, which is, of course, nonsense. But equally nonsensical is when folks say, well, how dare they? This could have been used for a, a homeless RV parking lot forever. That's going to stop homelessness. But that also doesn't stop homelessness. Now, the there, there is a little bit of. Of irony, I suppose, in all of this, because this was originally not going to be a pickleball court or field or complex, whatever it is. It was going to be a pretty tall apartment complex, and it was supposed to have somewhere between about 300 and 310 apartment complexes. That could have actually helped with an issue that we are dealing with in the Seattle area. But of course, they moved away from that and said, nah, let's not do housing. Let's do pickleball. Now, I, as much as I understand why someone doesn't want to get into the housing industry in this particular city because it's near impossible to operate an effective business when dealing with any kind of property management because of all the laws, all the different rules and regulations that are being put on individual uh, either property managers or small-time landlords, pickleball ain't it. By the time this thing is is up and completed – Pickleball will have been a distant fad that no one remembers. I, who legitimately thinks pickleball is going anywhere? Who? Where is that coming from? Why are we making this assumption? Because all of a sudden, uh, for 10 minutes, someone got excited about talking about pickleball? Is that it? Or is there any legitimate hard data that shows that this has any sort of saying power?
2: That's a great question. Ask Bruce Harrell. Right? He seems like he's into it. Oh, let's do a,
0: a pickleball tournament. That'll help downtown. T- no, it won't. So you've got two sides making silly arguments that will never work. You're not going to end homelessness with your RV, encampment, parking lots. You're not going to revitalize a neighborhood with your silly pickleball complex. Other than that, it's a wonderful sport. The developer is amazing, and I hope it's hugely successful. Pickleball. Ooh, they've got some indoors and some outdoors, according to the Puget Sound Business Journal. And I like how they say this. Plus bathrooms. I assume there's going to be bathrooms at a complex. That's so odd. Parking and community spaces. To play pickleball. Push the button.
1: What's trending? Foodie edition.
0: Here's something else I don't understand. Shake Shack. It's gross. What? Shake Shack is disgusting. Shake Shack is the slowest of any so-called fast food restaurant in the history of the world. You can order just a burger and it'll take you at least 20 minutes to get. I have never – you Google Shake Shack and slow or Shake Shack slow customer service, whatever it is. There's got to be a huge amount of coverage of how painfully slow Shake Shack is. The reason I'm bringing that up is that they are bringing its first Snohomish County location, the fourth location in the state.
2: It will be in Linwood. Wow. I like Shake Shack. There is a lot of complaints about the one in South Lake Union. I didn't even type in South Lake Union. I just and put the Shake Shack. I mean, maybe it knows I'm so in Seattle, I've been, but-,
0: but I've been to the one in Vegas. Painfully slow. And I feel like I've been to one in Tampa, somewhere in Florida. I can't remember. Painfully slow. And whenever I get their food, I always say to myself, it doesn't taste good. And now I feel sick.
2: I actually really like the burgers. That's how I feel the same way about five guys. I feel like five guys you wait forever for like a really mediocre burger. So let's just be
0: clear about something. You have no taste. You have a child's palate. Maybe. No, 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 no. I'm stating this as fact. You have a child's palate. I get a cheeseburger plain. That's not a cheeseburger. Five Guys <laughs> is great. No, it's not. Shake Shack is for people who think that they're eating some kind of elevated burger. They're not. You're not. It's disgusting. And all their cheese is fake, right? Or do they have actual cheese they put on? It? Like, not fake. Although, actually, yes, fake. It's like the the Cheese Whiz stuff. No, like that's like
2: oozing. It's like regular American cheese that you'd get no, just about anywhere else. It's gross. Kind of want a burger now. The Everett Herald says
0: a sheriff's deputy directed traffic last week at the opening of another trendy fast food joint with a cold following, this after Chick fil A was just open. Shake Shack, a chain known for its hamburgers and milkshakes. They're not milkshakes, dummy. They're not milk, they're frozen custard. Correct? It's not a milkshake. Why don't they
2: call it Shake Shack if it's frozen if it's, custard? If it's fro- look it up!
0: It's frozen custard. It's called something else on the thing, not a shake though. Has been a smash hit in Washington since its Seattle debut in 2018. The Lindwood site is the state's fourth and Snohomish County's first. Lori Burns came came Thursday from Kenmore for a Smoke Shack just for this. She said during her 10-minute wait in a line that stretched outside. Nonsense. It was 10 minutes. I just like that one burger a lot. It's the cherry peppers. That's part of what makes me disgusted every time I eat one of those things. It's the cheese that makes me sick and, and the cherry peppers. Ugh. The Smoke Shack, 849 with bacon, cheese, and tangy red peppers, is smashed on the griddle. Shake Shack's gray cubed building with bright green accents. Has turned heads for weeks and generated social media buzz. Almost like pickleball. Other Shake Shacks are in South Lake Union, University Village, and Kirkland.
2: A fifth is slated soon in South Center Mall. That'll go well. <laughs> I do think it's a good burger. The Kirkland oh, one nuts. is nice. I like the Kirkland one. What's the difference? I don't know. It's not in South Lake Union, so you can actually park. Okay, so saying you like a
0: location has nothing to do about
2: liking the quality of the food. Well, I
0: already told you I like the, the quality the of the same. food. Yeah, I but I already told you take... you're wrong. I've already said oh, okay, you're wrong. Okay. Well, then... We've established that you are incorrect. You are just flatly wrong. Period. And you know what else?
2: What? I'll
0: remember. No, In-N-Out is also not that great.
2: I uh, see. I was. I wanted your take, because I think In-N-Out and Shake Shack are actually, like in the actual burger itself, I think they're very comparable.
0: But you're a
2: California person, so I figured you'd be an In-N-Out purist. The best burger that I've had from like one of the fast food kinds of places
0: comes from Cali Burger, which we used to have one in Seattle. I think it's closed. I think it closed during COVID. And I don't think there is another one in the area. If there is, send me a text, 1-800-465-8770, mostly because I'm curious. Now, if we're talking about a restaurant burger locally— the best one is Little Woody's. They have the best actual burger. And surprisingly, not all that expensive given the location that it's at, the, the portion size, and the the
2: general quality of the meat. You ever been to Whataburger? Do you ever go when you were in Texas? I There's one in, in California, in LA. Oh. And it was
0: too long ago that I ate it that I don't remember. I think I had one when I was like 12.
2: It's oh. a decent burger. Texas people get really fired up about it. It's in King of the Hill. Well,
0: yeah, and you know what else? Let's talk about Texas for a second since I'm talking about food. When I was in Houston, hey, guys, your barbecue sucks. Houston barbecue is awful, just absolutely awful. Everything about it was bad, not just the meat. And I went to the place that when I Googled best Houston barbecue place, this was number one on a bunch of lists, and I go down. If you can't even get coleslaw right, I'm out. I don't want this, like, weird coleslaw that's almost thick. With, with the cream, the, the creaminess of it. That's like that's not how it's supposed to be. Why are you be. even eating coleslaw? Because it's the best oh. side for barbecue. No, Everyone knows that. No, it's baked beans. No, you're wrong. Uh, how many times can you be wrong in a segment about... Food? I gotta go get Shake Shack times? and baked
2: beans after this. Ugh. But I'll start standing in line now because Shake Shack's slow. God, they're so, they're so
0: slow. Push the button. What's trending? Legal. I, I will give uh, a little bit of kudos to... Poppy Harlow from CNN, because to her credit, when she gave an interview with Michelle Lujan Grisham, the governor of New Mexico, she actually gave the governor some tough questions on this quote unquote temporary ban on guns, on gun possession. It is clearly unconstitutional. Everyone from Democrat, to Republicans says pretty much exactly the same thing. And yet she's out there defending it, hoping that she will be deemed some kind of hero for standing up to the NRA and MAGA Republicans. And so Poppy, in a, an extended clip we're actually going to play, I thought she pushed back when she needed to. It wasn't perfect. But, you know, at the end of the day, she did what she was supposed to.
3: The Constitution of of New Mexico and the Constitution of the United States. And you're an attorney.
1: Do you think you're on solid constitutional ground here?
0: No. I mean, yes. She's going to say yes.
1: Well, um, we're going to see. I mean, look, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think I had the right. I have. Well,
0: first of all, that's not how you answer a question if you're confident. Well, we'll see. Are you on strong constitutional footing? Well, we'll see. I wouldn't do it if I didn't think so. Well, then just say you think so. Just say yes. We're on solid constitutional footing. The right.
1: Where is the right? Where is the In right? In the state of New Mexico. Public health, it's a suspension. It's not a ban. <laughs> and we'll see what all of these court actions mm-hmm. do. And I did say publicly, Poppy, yeah. look, I got a Supreme Court that says my... Uh, Personal bodily autonomy can be restricted. And yet NRA and other uh, issues on the Second Amendment keeps getting broadened. So So the Bruin case in New York, right, that uh, deals with concealed carry uh, and uh, cases in Texas that say you can And that's actually, Governor, what I'm talking about.
3: You bring up the Bruin case. Uh, The Supreme Court last year. Let let me just ask you this, because the Supreme Court last year totally changed what we're allowed to do, what you're allowed to do. And they said unless you can base it in the history and tradition, you don't have grounds to do something like this. The New Mexico Constitution, I looked last night, Article 2, Section 6, says this, quote, No law shall abridge the right of citizens to keep and bear arms for security and defense. No municipality or county shall regulate in any way any incident of the right to keep and bear arms. Are you not in violation of both the U.S. Constitution and your state's constitution?
0: Yes, I mean, no, she's going to say no.
1: I don't believe that we are. And it's that narrow reading of the Constitution, which has been tested in the state, we wouldn't have universal background checks.
0: Okay, I'll let her give her other disingenuous examples. Universal background checks do not restrict one's right to gun ownership unless they fall already in a category where they're not allowed to own weapons. OK, this idea that you have to go through a background check in order to get a firearm is in no way, shape or form comparable to you saying I'm not going to allow you to have a gun because I determine there's some sort of public health emergency that Those are two completely different things, because at the end of the day, that background check is still permitting you to get the weapon. Are you permitting folks to get that weapon and carry their weapon, conceal carry, open carry? No, you have banned it. And simply telling me that you temporarily banned it we didn't get rid of it forever doesn't change anything. Should we say in New Mexico because of some sort of public health crisis – I am banning people from speaking their mind. We are banning people from publishing satire. We are banning the media because, you know what, their coverage has been pretty uh, shoddy when it comes to COVID. We're banning the media from reporting on COVID for the next 30 days. Don't worry. It's just temporary. Relax. No, of course not. And she knows that. And yet she shamelessly sits there interview after interview, tweet after tweet, claiming that she's on the right side of this while lazily attacking the NRA, which has nothing to do with this. Ted Lieu to David Hogg, they are not NRA supporters, quite the opposite. And they are on the same page as the NRA and quite literally everybody else who is being open and honest
1: about this issue. Have you no shame at all? We wouldn't have a waiting period. We wouldn't have a red flag law. We wouldn't have a a red flag
0: law, which, by the way, she wants to pretend is completely constitutional. We haven't actually tested that at the Supreme Court level. But go with me for a second. A red flag law puts you in front of a judge who then looks at the facts of a case as to whether or not, as it pertains to something you're accused of, you should have ownership of a weapon. The judge, is there anyone who within this 30-day period can get in front of a judge and argue, here's why I should be able to keep my gun? And by the way, in that case, there are allegations made against the individual. I don't like red flag laws. I can see how they can easily be abused. But there's, again,
1: complete difference between the things. Prohibitions for straw purchases, none of those would have been deemed constitutional. And today, all of them are. They were before These the Supreme absolute Court absolute right that. discussions, fair, but they haven't been tested again. Okay. And so for law enforcement, and I understand they're I, not really. Look, if, if do you, you want understand or not the really? community to be safer, mm-hmm. show me that you can do that. If you're not going to stand up for these kids and really test as hard as you can, getting fewer guns and dealing with gun violence in a meaningful way, then you're basically saying that you won't be responsible to protect the citizens.
0: Horrible, bad faith, lazy argument. So you're saying I won't violate your constitutional rights if police, you show me what you're going to do in order to stop the violence. The police are not there to come up with a whole bunch of societal policies and laws. That's part of your job, lady. And let me guarantee you that a big reason why they're seeing the crime surge there, like everywhere else, is going to be tied to Democrat actions. Stop with this lazy gaslighting. And how dare you question whether or not the cops want to stop bad guys from killing children because someone might call out your clearly unconstitutional
1: move. Just absolutely shameless. What a horrible person. The state. Well, I will and I will do everything in my power to turn the tide and to make sure every New Mexican, particularly children, are safe.
0: I will do everything in my power and things that are not in my power. I hope she's absolutely humiliated at the end of this. But let's be clear about something. She's doing something that is knowingly unconstitutional. But let's just live in a world in which she truly believes what she's doing in consultation with attorneys is completely legal. Kind of like what happened with Donald Trump. And yet one person's being indicted and the other one is not. You have one person who used his legal theory Or the ones presented by his attorneys in order to gain uh, some kind of advantage in overturning results that he believed to be fraudulent. He worked through the system. He took the advice of lawyers who said, no, this is constitutional. You get to do this. Okay. And then he gets indicted. Luhan Grisham. She does exactly the same thing. Well, you know what? You're, you can make a, a constitutional argument in this way. Okay, I'm going to do it. You think she's going to be indicted? You think she will suffer any consequences whatsoever, legally speaking? No, of course not. Because she's doing something that folks on the left, even while they call it unconstitutional, they hope it's successful. They would love this to be successful. You don't think there are Democrats right now across the country who are salivating at the idea that they're going to be able to just, with a signature on an executive order, on a phony emergency plan, be able to ban guns? You don't think that Governor Jay Inslee would do that in a heartbeat? You don't think that that would happen? You don't think Gavin Newsom would do it? He's going out of his way to say we need to have another amendment so that we can ban guns. Or repeal the Second Amendment. But she will suffer zero consequences. Because when you're on the quote-unquote right side as determined by left-wing partisan hacks.
2: he's Max is
0: counting every time I say that.
2: That's actually three shows in a row.
0: But because he, she's on the quote-unquote right side of an issue. As determined by the folks who hate guns. Well... You know, let's at least give her a pass. Her heart was in the right place, was it? If you knowingly violate someone's constitutionally protected rights, is your heart in the right place? Well, she's doing it for this. I I don't care. Uh, What do I care? You're supposed to understand that constitutionally protected rights are not up for discussion. They're not up for debate. They're not subject to the whims of some partisan lawmaker. That's not how this works. That's not how it's supposed to work. That's not how it ever should work. Oh, but please tell me how you're so heroic because you're trying to save children. What you're doing is exploiting children. You're exploiting the death of an 11-year-old from gun violence in order to do what you've always wanted to do, which is just ban guns. Absolutely shameful. one 800 465 if you want to send me a text. You're listening to The Jason Rant Show.
1: The Jason Rant Show. Here to
3: react, Seattle talk radio host Jason Rantz. And the rise of soft on crime laws and policies have made it worse. Our
4: man in the Pacific Northwest, Jason Rance, is on that. And you keep on bringing her these extraordinary stories from Seattle. It's amazing. Long form.
0: My next guest worked at a hospital in Elma. And she made a comment about how not all cops are bad, which apparently is controversial to some. In fact, in this case... She says it was controversial to a coworker. Before you know it, she finds herself out of a job. Joining me on the line is that employee. Her name is Abby. Welcome to the show.
5: Hi, thank you. We're leaving <laughs> out
0: your last name just for uh, privacy purposes, but if you could tell us what happened exactly.
5: Yeah, so I started um, at Elma Sonnet Pacific Wellness Center, the family medicine, um, July 31st, and I got terminated. August 30th so I almost made it to a month and I was with a um foot worker she she saw a thing on my phone that had a navy battle flag because my boyfriend's in the navy and it was like an like half american flag and she asked if I was conservative conservative excuse me sorry um super like aggressively and I just told her the truth and I was like yeah. And um, a couple days later, we were in a lunchroom talking about like a certain cheese, which is funny. And I thought like um, the cheese that they were talking about was like ricotta, which is Italian, not Mexican. Mm -hmm. So she assumed that um, she assumed that I thought she was Mexican when in all reality, she was black. So she thought I was being racist there. Okay. And she turned me to not admit that I was Italian because I don't know my cheese or my race. Okay, <laughs> so that's odd. That's, yeah, that statement was really weird. I was like, okay, that's kind of racist. <laughs> it's like the other way around. And then she went on about how she's not going to ever um, hang up the American flag or support it. I simply just asked her, like, hey, why? And it was like she was baiting me to answer these questions to get me fired. And um, she said that her son experienced four cops pulling in her driveway and holding four guns to his head for no reason. And she thinks all cops are bad. And I literally just stated, all cops aren't bad. I was accused of literally everything under the sun. A provider there that works on family medicine um, wrote a three- Page paragraph of how I offended a transgender. When all in reality it was her MA who said all these things.
0: Medical um, assistant.
5: I just felt targeted the minute I started.
0: <laughs> yeah, for being a conservative, and, you're saying you felt like they had it in for you.
5: Yeah, yeah. Because like, but it's it's so wrong because they can say their beliefs, and they don't they don't they don't think racism can go the other way because that's what the news has like mm-hmm. taught us. I literally got fired for that so they were racist because they chose color of what he said she said type of thing and I have a co-worker um she didn't want me to mention her name but I have a co-worker that stood, stood up for me and went to my boss and was like Jennifer was targeting Abby the minute she started she was um she was just like taking on her like there was this one time I roomed a patient and um I roomed a patient. I came out of the room and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you can tell that guy was a dad. He was so sweet, just being super professional." And he like came at me and was like, "Oh, do you have daddy issues?" So she didn't like me from the start. Um, I professionally said like, "No, I love my dad. He um, took me on daddy daughter dates all the time," <laughs> and she would just make snide comments and she was really baiting me to tell my truth. And I got fired for the truth, which I think is just ridiculous. (laughs) Well,
0: what what did they tell you when they terminated you? What was the official reason?
5: Yeah. So they never gave me a reason. They just said I didn't follow policy. And I said, well, you have 10 days to give me a piece of paper of why I was fired. And she was like, well, it says you didn't follow policy. And I was like, that's not the truth. I followed policy through the whole thing. I answered my opinion. It's truly unfair that She can state an opinion, which is super racist. Mm -hmm. And I can't state my opinion. Like she said, she literally stated white people don't get it as hard as black people, and they never will. And black people go through more trauma than white people. I'm white, and I've been through a lot of trauma. So has my dad. So has everyone in my family. That statement is racist. Mm -hmm. I think she should have been terminated as well. I don't think we should have been, like, talking um about it through work I will not do that if someone mentions that I'm just gonna be like yeah (laughs) my opinion isn't work related
0: sure so you but but you're you're coming out of this and saying you know what I I should not you're owning up to it that you should not have been talking politics at the office even though I think that that's a silly rule it's one at least that I can I I understand it but you're basically saying if that's going to be the policy and if in fact that is the policy that you violated it should be equally applied
5: Yeah, 100%. And I honestly didn't think anything of it. I was so clueless when they took me in and they were like, oh, um, you have a meeting at 1.30. They gave me like an hour and a half to find a union rep. And my union rep was um, on PTO, so I had to go somewhere else and call and get a union rep. She was 100% on my side, but Mm -hmm. she couldn't do anything because I was out of my 90 days.
0: What are the 90 days?
5: So when I passed my 90 days, the three months, um, they can actually like stick up for me and get my job back and try to like investigate. Um, I have no idea about all that situation, but they didn't let me have a union rep when I got fired. And they also wouldn't let me leave until I signed a piece of paper. My dad was like, you should have never signed a paper. You can leave.
0: <laughs> yeah, they can't hold you hostage
5: right yeah and they're like you have to sign it before you leave And i was like i'm not signing this what was the
0: paper what was it
5: the only reason why i signed it it was because it said i also know my signature doesn't apply to what the policy said or whatever like it said that i didn't agree to it that's the only reason why i signed to save my butt Mm -hmm. but it was literally just saying i didn't follow policy but they never gave me a warning they never like um They never gave my investigation notes when i got fired which they should have and it took them like 15 minutes to get my notes when i gave them a week and a half when i came in to grab them and i got my notes back and it was nothing that i said in the meeting so much that i tried calling my union reps to like back me up like i never said this they were just all abby states this and Mm -hmm. just switched my words and i was like this is this is crazy like
0: Well, yeah, it it sounds a little nutty, and it certainly doesn't sound like something I'd expect from a city the size of Elma, which is the size of, I think, the studio that I'm in right now. I mean, you you expect that this is an area that at least has more down-to-earth people, but this is what you say happened. I I have obviously have not spoken to the medical center. We've reached out. We hope to get something, and if we do get a response, we'll, uh, of course, air it, but – what what are your plans moving forward
5: um just applying to jobs right now and um just being the best i can be at work and not mentioning any of that like I said in the beginning, just keeping it super professional. Because mm-hmm. I honestly, it was like my first like big girl job. <laughs> yeah. you're you're 21.
0: I should have mentioned, right? You're you're 21 years old. Yes. Yeah. So this yes. is a a first time full time real world job. Not not the best yes. of experiences that you had.
5: No, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. And. It felt like they just kept her because they didn't want to seem racist, Mm -hmm. even though they were racist keeping her, in my opinion. They should have terminated both of us for speaking about it. Or none at all. (laughs) Yeah, or not at all, or just talk to us. But the provider and my MA that I was working with both ganged up on me, and I wish my manager could have seen that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I hear you. It certainly doesn't sound like a great place to be i'm i'm glad i'm glad at least you're in in high spirits i I think you've learned a lesson even if it's an unfair one and we Mm -hmm. will reach out to the medical center and ask them if they are willing to explain their side of things abby I, i wish you the absolute
1: The Jason Rantz Show. Bringing our man in the Pacific Northwest, KTTH Seattle top radio host Jason Rantz. Great to have you with us to tell people a little bit more about this. Jason Rantz is in focus now.
4: Jason Rantz, thank you for your reporting on that. The quick hit.
0: Well, I'm lucky enough to have a little bit extra time in this quick hit. It, it's, I think, well worth playing some longer form audio than we would normally play. Because there was a hearing on the Senate side, a Senate committee hearing, having to do with legislation in Illinois, but we'll push that aside and talk about the bigger picture, just general legislation around books that should and should not be placed in libraries for children. It all has to do with the basic debate that's been going on, where you've got a bunch of parents I think the the movement itself, I think, is started with conservative activists, but I think the movement itself is endorsed by people of all political stripes, which is parents should have a significant say and ultimate uh, decision-making power when it comes to materials they get in front of their kids. That there is, in fact, such a thing as inappropriate content. That does not belong in any children's library. We're not talking about libraries for the community. We're not talking about libraries that are, uh, you know, for adults. We're not talking about, in most cases, libraries for high school students. And obviously we're not talking about them for colleges. We're talking about this in the context of young children, elementary schoolers, middle schoolers. And clearly, there's content that every single person believes is inappropriate. There was one of the mother activists said to the point of framing the story this way. We don't allow Playboy to be given to children in schools. We don't call that banning. And of course, she's 100% correct. We all have regular standards, reasonable standards. Now, folks, on the far left, the other side of this argument, basically say that this should be left to radical educators, librarians. Now, they don't frame it that way, but let's be clear about what they're doing. They're looking to get a whole bunch of books on gender identity that is exceptionally graphic in nature into the libraries. I disagree with personally with the parents who want to get all books out of any library that might even have a gay character. No, I don't agree with that. I don't accept that. But when we're talking about content that is extremely sexually graphic, I don't think it has a place in school libraries. Now, Dick Durbin, the senator from Illinois, just flat out lies about what, and I'll give him this. He's either lying in this clip Or he is completely ignorant as to what the conversation is about. No
4: one is advocating for sexually explicit content to be available in an elementary school library or a children's section of a library. That's a distraction from the real challenge.
0: Now, Adam Carolla has a bit where he calls it stupid or liar. Now, we don't generally call people stupid because that's too mean. We do dumb-dumb. So, Dick Durbin, dumb-dumb or liar? He's either lying or he doesn't understand what the debate is. And I posit to you that he's lying because he doesn't think you understand what the debate actually is. And I understand why he might believe that because the media is very far to the left and on this issue. They are purposely, I think, most not in every case, but in many cases, purposely misframing what the story is about and pretending it is just about going after books that have any mention of LGBT issues. But listen to what Durbin just said there and compare it now to what John Kennedy, the Republican from Louisiana, listen to him read a book in one of the libraries that folks on the left want to pretend belongs there.
4: I put some lube on and got him on his knees. Oh my God. And I began to slide him from behind. I him and kissed him while he masturbated. He asked me to turn over while he slipped a condom on himself. This was my and I was struggling to imagine someone inside.
0: Okay, so uh, some of the words, in fairness, that I bleeped are not vulgarities, but they express explicit sexual conduct. Is that sexually explicit content that should be available to children? I think most reasonable people would say no. If we're talking about a senior in high school or a junior, okay. If we're talking about a you know 12-year-old, no. Reasonable people hold that position. But Dick Durbin is telling us that people aren't fighting to keep that book into libraries, which is precisely what they're doing. But then, of course, when you start to ask them exactly what their position is, what do they want, what are they really truly arguing about? Because they're claiming that this is all about conservative censorship of books, which, of course, it is not. They don't really provide any meaningful or reasonable answers. Senator Kennedy was then arguing back and forth with someone from the Students Engaged in Advancing, the co-founder's name is Cameron Samuels, except the and, – and this was – kind. Of, it doesn't translate to radio, but apparently instead of Mr. or Mrs., it says MX Mix, which is one of those ways that we're pretending uh, it, it is an agender way of referring to someone who is very clearly a male. I don't know how this individual identifies, but when you have MX they're generally, though not always, it means someone pretending not to have a gender whatsoever.
4: Cameron, tell me what you're, you're proposing. It's pronounced mix. Um, mix? So they, how would you like me to refer to you?
3: Senator, your definition of sexual is synonymous with LGBTQ identity. Library.
0: I'm not asking you that. And, and by the way, so that's, of course, ridiculous. Because if the same exact content was between a male and a female, the same exact content that he just read in that, la- that other book, Do, does anyone actually think that conservative parents would be okay with that or any parents would be okay with Of course not.
4: That I'm asking you to tell me you read those two excerpts. Gender Do queer? you think that – are you asking that only librarians and not parents have any say – and whether minors can read those books. Is that what you're saying?
3: Genderqueer has never been in my school library, so it's never been banned. Well
4: suppose it was. Should it
0: it's I, I cannot stand people who argue in such bad faith like that. It just you know exactly what the point is, you know exactly the argument he is making. Either dismiss the argument and explain why or agree with his position. Or have a, a dialogue back and forth about what the implications could possibly be and say, well, I'm kind of on the fence. Here's why. Whatever. Just just engage. Well, Senator, in my school, this book wasn't even taught. Ha ha ha. You, you didn't burn anyone. You didn't make a point. You didn't one up the
4: senator. My God. it be up just to the librarian or should parents have a say?
3: There should be facilitation of collaboration between students, and Should parents, parents have, have educators. a say? Parents should be working with students and educators to be making decisions because
4: students are... And who decides ultimately, the librarian or do you take a vote or who takes the vote?
3: Book review committees
4: in the community in my school district. You want a committee to decide? There are committees. Okay. Well, I'm asking you, how do we decide whether the two books that I just referenced should be available in the library? What, what would you – you if you were running things, what would you do?
3: All Boys Aren't Blue, the scene you mentioned, is about sexual
4: abuse. I know what it's about. It's not What erotic. would you do in terms of <laughs> – He
0: cannot answer the question. He cannot answer the question. It's not erotic. So, okay, how about this? If it was erotic, what is your position? Well, it wasn't erotic. It was actually about abuse. No, no, I got that. But what if it was erotic? Would you still be against it? Yeah, but I can't put myself in a scenario that I don't really uh, understand because that's not the reality. And, you know, I want to focus
4: on the fact it, it is so disingenuous. Making the books available. Would you say anybody can see them or they have to be in a special session? Students who do not read books like All Boys Aren't Blue cannot learn what is appropriate. I understand that they cannot learn. I understand, but none about of you abuse. want to answer my question. You come here and you say censorship is bad, and of course it's bad. But the obvious response is, okay, you heard the books we're talking about. Okay, we're not talking about Catcher in the Rye. So tell me what you want. Who gets to decide? And all I've heard is the librarians. And parents have nothing to do with it. And if that's your response, what planet did you just parachute in from? Parents, Senator Or what country, more appropriately? This is not China. It's coming closer and closer to that.
0: Now, is anything he just said there unfair, unreasonable, illogical? Do you disagree with anything that he said? Because I guarantee you that if this particular book excerpt, regardless of the content, or the context, I should say, was provided, nine out of ten parents would say it doesn't belong in an elementary library. There will be less of a disagreement the younger you get, more of a disagreement the older you get when we're talking about kids. But I think at this point, reasonable people can take a position and that parents should 100% have the ultimate say. And if you don't like that, then take your kids into a private school that matches your values. But God forbid anyone directly answer a question nowadays. My God. 1-800-465-8770 if you want to send a text. one 465 You're listening to The Jason Rant Show.